This is the King's Court on Arena Sportsnet, presented by American Grappler. I've got more swagger than Mick Jagger, more sex appeal than Vince Neil. All guests from all walks of life share their time with the King of Connecticut. They are dreaming of just one night, just one night with a man such as myself. Any and everything goes. I am the king of Connecticut. I was raised with class and sophistication. And now, from Norwalk, Connecticut, weighing in at 230 pounds, if George Clooney had muscles, they'd call him the king of Connecticut. The one, the only, Matt Granite. It is the pernicious purveyor of preposterous pomposity, manipulating the minuscule mind of the masses of miscreants. I am your host, the suntan Superman, the king of Connecticut, Matt Granahan, and as always, riding shotgun, the one and only incomparable golden voice of Chicago, Brian Snow. And we got a cool episode tonight. It's a simulcast. But before we get to that, had to take some time to talk about what's been going on in the news. And it seems really silly that this has been reported on so extensively as it has by every major outlet. But it's so relevant to season three of our show because Pat Mulicic had said on his episode, whenever you see a news story, a lot of times you got to look at what's the real story behind the story. And um, when this thing first broke, kind of like last season with Colin Kaepernick, I thought it was, it was a non-story. It was a distraction. Real silly, you know, I could really care less. You know, if a millionaire is playing a children's game, want to stand for the national anthem, doesn't affect me at all. It's their prerogative, not worthy of coverage. You know, so I just kind of laughed it off as this is something goofy that they're reporting on. Must be, must be a slow news week. But when you look at, at it and you dig deeper, you know, obviously they can express themselves however they want. And it's really... When they're doing it on company time, it's it's really just between them and their employer, uh, and it's kind of ridiculous that the camera would even go on there and focus on. It. And you kind of question like, why? This is just not a big deal. It's this individual's prerogative, whatever they're they want to do, whether they're in the locker room maybe, and nobody even really knows. You know, they don't come out for the anthem. It's really not a big deal, but. And that's how it works in a free country. You know, you're able to express yourself. There's a lot of things I don't like that this government's doing, you know, has done for years. But, again, you know, you can see the the side that the owners of the team can set their policies during work hours and during company time. But, really, you have to ask yourself, why is it even being reported on so much? It's stupid. It doesn't affect me. You know, it's being reported late as if we were going to war with North Korea or China. But it's yet it's irrelevant. 
So it merits further examination just as far as why is it being reported on so much? And that brings us to our government's relationship with the NFL. Our friend and guest on the show, Michelle Smith, uh, Misha Tate's mom, she had told me this week that governments love fools. She had a great quote. Governments love fools, especially fools, especially fools hooked on pharmaceuticals and sports. So to truly grasp what's going on here, you need to dig just a little deeper. And I did an entire episode in season one on railing against the NFL as essentially a state-sponsored monopoly. They're tax-exempt. They're a nonprofit. Roger Goodell makes like $40 million a year. Uh, their stadiums and trading centers are largely paid for by taxpayers. And there's a great article in The Atlantic that I've cited several times that shows specific instances where teams were actually making a profit on money from state governments. In other words, they were receiving more money from state governments than it was costing to build the stadiums, which is asinine, and we should all be outraged about that. But ask why? Look, why is this going on? It seems to, at first glance that it just makes no sense, but you go back to, um, to Michelle's quote, and I asked this question, how many folks do you know who know who their local team's quarterback, backup quarterback, and running back are, but they have no idea who their governor is, no idea who their congressmen are, you know, uh, the government, they want it that way. This is, this is by design. The NFL is a state-sponsored monopoly, and they do the state's bidding. And I'll give you a huge example, great case in point. The NFL was paid $53 million by the Pentagon some years back to promote the military. And this included flyovers at select stadiums during games and a massive campaign to get young people to enlist. Now, this is, this is state-sponsored propaganda, and it really has no place in America. That's not who we are as a nation. So challenge yourself to think of who we are as a nation. I don't have any place in America. You know, I have great respect for my friends and all the men and women in uniform in the military, but at the same time, I oppose the billions of dollars that we give to Saudi Arabia, Israel, the years and years we've had of foreign wars, meddling in all these foreign wars, the bases in foreign countries that have been there since the Cold War, and really all around American imperialism, which was really opposing that was largely, ironically, one of Donald Trump's themes you know, when he ran for president, won him the presidency. But I think Pat Buchanan said it best years ago. He had a book called We Are a Republic, Not an empire. And speaking of protesting and protesting your government, that is something I would protest our government over. Now, the Pentagon, now this is this is what it took me a while to kind of figure out as I started to dig deeper into this story. The Pentagon is no longer giving the NFL money for this campaign. In, in fact, the government is looking in hearings on CTE in the NFL. 
Now, I believe that that's what you're seeing unfold here. You're actually seeing a power struggle between our government and a state-sponsored monopoly. And in the middle of it are the American people who are becoming increasingly divided on both sides. And that's really what they want. That's the ultimate goal. And this is all by design. And that is my analysis. And uh, I'll ask you, Snowman Brian Snow, what do you think of uh, what's going on here? You're absolutely right about this being a state-sponsored monopoly. Of course, we're speaking about the NFL. And what makes it worse is that so many people are blinded. And so many people are... That's the only word I can come up with. It. That's the only word I can come up with. Blinded uh, both, about uh, all this. Both sides are blinded. And yeah. And so easily riled up. And it's like, and you use a sports analogy, and this is why I think the government loves people hooked on pharmaceuticals and sports, mm-hmm. sports, because they had this rabid, like, they're, Trump can do nothing wrong, or Hillary can do nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And they're so loyal to I see it, you know, on both sides, and they're so blind, and they have like these bumper sticker issues, and you have to be on one side or the other, and they're really, they look for confirmation and not for information. They look for their views to be confirmed and not for actual information, and they get so angry and visceral. I've never seen a time really in our country where people were so at odds with one another. And a lot of it's the social media. Mm -hmm. Social media has taken over this country. And it's made a lot of of news. It's put a lot of news in front of what is actually going on. You know, a lot of people just think, okay, I heard it on social media, so it might be true. Instead of doing what you and I do, which is dig deeper into every conversation. You let off your segment talking about uh, Colin Kaepernick's stand and how that should be totally under the table. You know what the real, I shouldn't say the real, you know what's really come out of this? A lot of people are angry, a lot of black people, and yes, I'm going to go all the way there because that's what we do. A lot of people are Mm -hmm. angry and upset that Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job with an NFL team when they seem to forget that Colin Kaepernick not only put his foot in his mouth, he took his wallet out of his own pocket by opting out of his contract. Yeah, yeah, and, and and you know it wasn't very good, you know that was really what it what it comes down to, you know, had had to do like you said, he opted out of his contract, and and this is something that, I mean, it's almost like why is the camera even shining on these guys? Let them do whatever they want. I don't care. Like I said, I said I don't care if you're going to kneel, if you're going to stand on your head, if you're going to stay in the locker room, or if you're going to whistle Dixie during the national anthem, you know, you do whatever the hell you want. Why is it such an issue? You know, it, it's, you know, like we said, we exploring it deeper as to why this is an issue and it's designed to divide. And it's really unfortunate that people are so easily manipulated. And so easily distracted. And so easily distracted by an issue that should be a non-issue in the first place. I spoke about this partially on my show, Snowman in the Morning, and... It's like you said, it's a distraction. It's a big-time distraction. And you know what it's also 
putting in place, or I shouldn't say putting in place because it's already been in place, but you know what social media is highlighting and igniting and setting off to explode? A race war. Because all you're oh, doing yeah. is getting the locals divided amongst themselves instead of uniting for a common cause. And I was talking to a friend of mine, and she says something that is so very true. When September 11th happened in 2001, for about a month to two months, everything was calm. Everybody was together. Everybody was on the same side. After that, it's gotten worse. It has gotten progressively worse, and it's especially bad now that the NFL is putting themselves out there in social justice wars that they got no business being in. I mean, them being a state-sponsored monopoly, as you said, and it's so true, look at the size of the stadiums, look at the ticket prices, look at the fans shelling out whatever they want to shell out for their favorite player, and yet not knowing anything about their own local government. You know why government is so bad? Because the people don't do their research en masse about who their local politicians are. I spoke of this last year. I'll vote local, but not national. Reason being, a lot of stuff can get done at the local level that will lead to the national level. And yet, no one believes this. Oh, yeah, and politics is definitely local. And, you know, it's funny because I just thought of a quote. I don't know if anybody had used this one before, but sports definitely, definitely help to take the American people's eyes off the ball. Oh, yeah. That's really going on. And that's, and that's by design. It, and the design is being executed. It's being executed every day, and no one, uh, uh, hardly anyone, has picked this up. You know, it's funny because this relates so much to professional wrestling because in my show open, I wrote that, I wrote that uh, alliteration, pernicious purveyor, preposterous pomposity, manipulating the minuscule minds of the masses of miscreants. And I wrote that for the King of Connecticut mm -hmm. character. And if you if you look at the wording there, manipulating the minuscule minds of the masses of miscreants, and you look at how I describe myself, pernicious, you know, the dangerous purveyor, uh, preposterous, you know, how preposterous, outlandish, mm -hmm. arrogant. That was a character that obviously was created to get heat. And it's really, it's funny because that's what the media has, it really has become. Is that, and the government's really become working in tandem to manipulate the minuscule minds of the masses of miscreants. You know what, I'll give you something that I used last year during season two. The year was 1990, and any movie buff remembers a movie called The Two Jakes. And oh, yeah. this line fits what we're opening up with before we get to our feature. The quote goes like this. You can follow the action, which gets you good pictures. You can follow your instincts, which will pr probably get you in trouble. Or you can follow the money, which nine times out of ten will get you closer to the truth. How true is that in today's society? Oh, God, yeah. I took that quote and manipulated it myself and uh, gave myself credit for it. If you saw that on my social media, <laughs> I changed it to word yeah. just a little bit. And, but it's so, so, so true, and it leads us in so well to our to our simulcast. 
because Scott Dan, who's one of the fighters drinking coffee hosts, I've been a guest on their show uh, from season one. I was actually from episode one, rather. I was their very first guest uh, when they were at, in the studio at Nova MMA. And I returned to Nova MMA. I was a recurring guest. And then I returned to Nova MMA about, I want to say a month ago, maybe six weeks ago, to do this simulcast. And Scott Dan is such a bright guy. He definitely keeps his eye on the ball, you know, when it comes to current events and it comes to the politics. And we covered, we covered that a little bit. Uh, maybe on this simulcast, but also on other episodes of Fighters Drinking Coffee that, that I've been on. Um, so it, it's cool to include him in this episode. And we were just going to do the simulcast, but this new story hit, or this non-story news story hit. As well. <laughs> and, I um, love it. Non-story news story. Have you noticed that's all the major networks have been reporting lately? Non-story oh news story. They're feasting on it. They're, and, and you know, it's crazy because since, since day one, even just before day one, of uh, the Trump presidency, They've been covering nonsense, mm-hmm. one nonsensical story after another. After, after another. another. And, and I wonder what the next one's going to be after this. So it's going to be, it, it's almost like I wonder if they kind of lay it out on a storyboard of, of what each one is going to be. Because um, this will end soon and then they'll be on to something else. Of course. Of course. Because I can tell you from a sports standpoint, the NFL... Uh, protests are going to bleed into the NBA. They won't touch the NHL for yeah. the simplest of reasons. The folks in the NHL got their act together. All right, my buddy oh, yeah. Mike Green, who comes on with me every week with Snowman in the Morning, he said it best: "You don't stand, you get no eyes from me." That's how people should boycott. You mm-hmm. want to boycott? You want to boycott the NFL? Boycott it for the right reasons. People are right. so dumb and so easily misled. Thinking that race is the issue? No, race isn't the issue. The government's the doggone issue. And they're digging into your pockets. They're making sure you got no money because of the ridiculous ticket prices you're paying paying to go to these sporting events to watch these millionaires upon millionaires upon millionaires who eight times out of ten don't give a damn about the league they're playing for or the sport that they're playing. They're just taking the money. Hello, Carmelo Anthony. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. I, you know, I, I was at a barbecue out there in Charleston that, um, on a Sunday, and they had the, the Phillies. These were two two of my buddies that were originally from PA, and they're watching the Phillies Giants game. And I brought up that the uh, the NFL state sponsored Monopoly issue, and they're, they're kind of like looking off into space, like they had no clue. What none. About. Absolutely none. <laughs> You know something? I have never been to an NFL game in my life, ever. I've never been to one. I don't plan to go to one. If I were to ever go to an NFL game, it would have been when my old favorite stadium, which is Candlestick Park in San Francisco, would have been up. Okay, because when I watch the NFL, I watch it from my favorite players that actually played for the love of the game. This is why I cannot watch the current state the current scope of professional sports the way that it is. I'll give in to baseball because my dad and my grandpa got me into baseball. I gave in to football yeah. for a while because my favorite quarterback was Joe Montana. 
the NHL and as far as the N Michael Jordan stopped playing, but then Stephen Curry yeah. came along. Here's in the Spurs play because they NFL protest. It's the job. It's gonna finish yeah, the job. And, and even like Thursday's Gators came to uh, Leon's still around. He's from Michael. was a was a really good high school man. One of Mike and a bunch of his buddies. Uh, he beat Michael Jordan in one on one. Oh yeah. All bloomer. Mm. The first to ad admit that he was a late bloomer, but one yeah. other, he got it together big time. Oh yeah, and I mean that with Leon, I'm sure he's right. a great, great player. Mm -hmm. But uh, but Michael Jones, youngsters thrifting in any sport, you know the youngsters that hard work and pay and will pay mm -hmm. off in whatever. And period. Not just the youngsters, everybody working. That uh, can't even make the bloody team. Um, right. Until I think he was until like he was a senior or something. Yeah. Um. Michael was a so was cut from the as a sophomore, but then yeah. after that he put in more. Work. I can attest to that because I've sent their checks to Fox Sports. Did the same thing. You know, there's always more work proving the King's Court, and that's from my pops. Hard work. Roger Goodell, take a lesson. There's no shortcut for hard work. Period. Hard work and hard work and research, and you think exactly. about this topic like in our opening. Uh, we we really delve into it in a way that most people don't. Because most people just look at the headline. Mm -hmm. You can't look at the headline. Pat Millis has said it best. When you see a headline and you see a story, you really need to see what's the real story. Exactly. Exactly. And Scott Dance yeah, is going to so carry us through a great, great segment that I had a chance to listen to with the King of Connecticut. But... Um, do y'all know there's a great place in Las Vegas where you can go to have a little fun before you get back into the serious thoroughs of life? Take a listen to this, and then Scott and the King will be right back. This is American Psycho Stephen Bonner, and y'all know the suntan Superman loves the big juicy boobies, the bodacious beavers, and the beautiful brown stars. What you may not know is His Majesty's favorite place to party in Vegas is the Legends Room. Home to the hottest babes in Sin City. Come on to the Legends Room and meet me, and who knows, you may even run into the King of Connecticut. Boom! All right, people, welcome to Fighters Drinking Coffee. It's been a minute, but we're back. A couple lines of business. First and foremost, this episode is brought to you by Suniva Super Coffee. If you go to drinksupercoffee.com, check out their website, or if you're in the D.C. area and you go to any Whole Foods, I believe now they're in Harris Teeter's, you can check out in the refrigerated drink section, Suniva Super Coffee. It's amazing organic Colombian coffee mixed with coconut oil, grass-fed grass grass milk protein, and a little bit of maple syrup for some sweetness. Delicious flavors, guys. I have mocha, vanilla bean, hazelnut, and I think the other one's called creamy black, which I find hilarious, but it's actually my favorite flavor. Um, guys, this is delicious stuff. It's a good way to get some energy in the morning. If you're super busy, you're on the go, and you just want a delicious drink, get the super coffee at sunivacafe.com, S-U-N-N-I-V-A-C-A-F-F-E.com. Yeah. Interesting. Um, just Google Suniva Coffee, guys. You're going to love it. If you order through their website, you get a juicy-ass discount, 25% off if you use the coupon code FDC Podcast. And like I said, if you're in... 
the DC area, you start you're gonna start seeing them a ton in different uh, different supermarkets and shit like that. But they're already in Whole Foods and Harris Teeter. Can't recommend this stuff enough. It's delicious. Secondly, Butcher Box. Butcher Box provides organic grass-fed beef, organic pork, and organic chickens right to your doorstep. You can come up with a monthly subscription package that meets your needs. I personally have a pork and beef package. Saves me a ton of time on a monthly basis, and I really like that they send new cuts of meat that I've never used before, along with recipe cards. So what they do is they take a refrigerated box, they put in somewhere between 7.5 to 10 pounds of meat, depending on the cuts you're getting that month. If it's super high-quality stuff, you might get slightly less than 10 pounds. If you're getting... Um, you know, regular, still quality stuff like ground beef, for example, you can get a little bit more, but somewhere between 7.5 to 10 pounds of the highest quality organic meats put in a refrigerator box, delivered to your doorstep monthly or, quite frankly, at the frequency of your choice. And you know that it's all sourced sustainably because they have cards that tell you where they're getting it from, a little story on the farms that they're partnering with for each month, along with recipe information as well. Example, if you don't know how to make a tri-tip steak, I've made tri-tip steaks before, but I made one this weekend over an open flame. It was awesome. That was also right off of their, their recipe cards. Guys, go to ButcherBox.com. Check out the subscription packages. If you want a free package of bacon in your first subscription, and of course you do, if you go through FDCPodcast.com, when you go to the Support the Show tab, you'll see the Butcher, back, uh, the butcher Box uh, logo picture. If you click on that, you will actually get a free package of bacon added to your order for all listeners of our show. Otherwise, I will post a link in our show notes that will also automatically add that to your order. Can't recommend this stuff enough. If you're trying to cook more often, if you're trying to be healthy, you want to eat meat, you want to have good, clean energy from organic sourced protein, animal protein, use this stuff, guys. Boom! I've got the king of Connecticut back in action. This is the throwback. I haven't seen him in the studio. When was the last time you were here in person? Well, I was the first guest. You were the first guest. First guest ever on the show, and that's going back at least two years. Yeah, two years. Man, what do you think of that? Yeah. What do you think of that Suniva? Oh, this is fantastic. Matt's, you know, Matt's sipping on the hazelnut super coffee from Suniva. And you know the coconut flavor comes through here, and you can feel that it's infused with protein because it's because it's heavier than a regular coffee, but in a good way. It's this is fantastic. I, I, would, I love this, and I need it because we had a long night out on the town here and, and, and a long drive, too. We drove up from South Kakalaki, left at about 2 in the morning, came up here with my, my beautiful gal, Miss, Miss Bianca. Uh, we're heading to New York City. Oh. We've uh, got another side business going on. We're, uh, it's a promotional company, and I'm helping Bianca make a presentation for Royal Wine, which is a big distributor up there. Uh, we're handling a lot of the promotions for some of their liquor and wine brands. And I couldn't come up here to the, and pass through the Mid-Atlantic without stopping to see the Prince of Persia and uh, Mr. Scott Dance. Yeah. Yes. This is fantastic. It's been a while. Yeah. I'm glad I'm, to have you up here. I, you know, because obviously we've done phone interviews, and I don't mind doing phone interviews, but it's not the same as doing a face-to-face, no, right? absolutely. Way more fun. With my show, we do almost exclusively you, phone. You have a, your, yeah, your reach is so vast. Yeah. The guys you're going to have on, like Phil, yeah. for example, or yeah. Stefan. Where does Stefan live? Yeah, Stefan's in Vegas. Is he in Vegas as yeah. well? Dude, that's a power team. Him and Phil Baroni. They hang out up all in Vegas. the time. you got to check out their social media because that's one of the main things I wanted to talk about. I, 
I had come back from, I, I main evented a show um, at my old high school. It was a fundraiser for my old wrestling team. I got contacted out of left field back in March by um, a gentleman named Spiro Papakosmos, who I had wrestled with back home. Is that a and, Greek name? Uh, oh, yeah. He's I was very like, that's, Greek. A, that's a powerful yes. name, man. Yes, very Greek. Powerful, powerful man as well, Spiro. And he contacted me and he said, uh, the, the new coach wants to do a fundraiser for new mats because the, the room, the wrestling room at Norwalk High had not had new mats in like 40 years. They needed their walls were all worn out. The mats were like the squishy mats. They're, they're, you know, they're really know exactly old school squishy about, mats, you know, and nobody uses those anymore. Are these the ones that, like, you eat in the corners, like, with age, they kind of curl inwards yeah. a little bit because they're yeah. aged? I know what you're talking they were, about. These mats were in rough shape. They seem better shape. days, man. Yeah, they were in rough shape, and, they're, and, they're, and they go back to, like, we were back to when I was wrestling there, <laughs> and even before that, these mats have been around for over 40 Woo! years. So, you know, man, you know how expensive mats are. Mm. Mats are really I expensive. I do. Yeah, so this was a fundraiser for the mats. And I went back and uh, I wrestled a young man who I gotta I've gotta put this kid over because he's he's fantastic. He's cauliflower Chase Brown, and uh, he's an amateur wrestler and a jujitsu stylist. He Ooh. trains jujitsu with uh, Michael Allen down in North Carolina at Checkmats. Uh, and Great team. Uh, Michael Allen is one of Joe Hurst's black belts there down in North Carolina. And this kid, he's phenomenal. He's got the big cauliflower ear, so he's called Cauliflower Chase Brown. And he and he carries the cauliflower, and it gives him strength, much like <laughs> much like the spinach gives Popeye the strength. I see it. So um, we main evented the show there. Dan Severn was on the match before us. It was great to have, have Dan come up and support this event. And the match ended with me taking that cauliflower and busting it right over his head. And, That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, and it was great to see everybody. I had so many people from back home because I hadn't been in my hometown in over 10 years. I moved out of my hometown when I was a freshman in college. Uh, my parents moved to another town in Connecticut, and I hadn't even set foot in my hometown in like 10 years. Uh. But the support that I got from old friends that came out, it was unbelievable. It was so cool to be back there. It was like a surreal experience. I had my valets. One of my valets, the beautiful Sabrina Ruggiero, slipped and almost fell over. Uh, when we were walking to the ring, I think I think maybe she had uh, she had had a few in the back in the yeah, locker room, you, you know, loosen it up, you know, yeah. had it loosened up. The, the gals had the gals had, had had a few in the locker room, but it was fantastic. And then I had said to Dan Severn when we were sitting in the locker room, I said, Dan, this is it, man. I said, this is the swan song. I'm not doing any more pro wrestling anymore. I said, this is this is it, man. How can you, you can't get better than this? My hometown, coming back, and. Main eventing this thing, the fundraiser for the wrestling team, it's gonna it's gonna end where it began, and this is it. So then I announced on my show, you know, it's my retirement from the ring, and then I got home, and within a week I got a call from the New York badass Phil Baroni, uh oh, and he said, "You got any gas left in the tank? Because I want you to be the manager and the six-man tag team partner for this new team that I'm doing." with the, the great UFC Hall of Famer, the American psycho, Stephen Bonner, called The Real Shooters. And I said, what is The Real Shooters? So he's told me the concept and the tag team, and they've been palling around together in the bars, in the gyms, um, and all over Vegas. And they've they kind of created their own like reality show 
um, they're looking for to do a reality show based on this thing. And uh, they're down there wrestling with the Disco Inferno from WCW. He's their, he's their coach and mentor down there in Vegas, and, and they're wrestling. And, um, and I said, man, you know what? I got an even better name for this tag team. Reality Check. <laughs> You're going to give these guys a reality check. So now it's the real shooters giving the world of pro wrestling a reality a check. A reality check. So those are the hashtags so people can check that out. Yeah. Check out Stefan Bonner's social media, Phil Baroni's social media. I got them coming to do a six-man tag with me September 9th in South Kakalaki at Emerald High School, another fundraiser for the uh, for the high school team there. My good buddy Matt Perkle, he owns Carolina Combat Academy. He's also the uh, the coach there. He he's gonna Cody Perkle, his son, works for me. He's my rep up in the upstate. And he was a stud wrestler at Emerald and he's gonna team up with, with him and then our six man tag team partner is gonna be Jeff Lewis Neal, who's the uh, Rise Guys morning show, FM morning show host, who wrestled at Anderson College out there in the upstate and we're gonna have a six man tag. They're gonna face us um, in, in the squared circle in South Kakalaki, September the 9th. I like that. Yeah, yeah, and I also have uh, Phil and Stefan headlining a USO tour. I'm going to be on the first show. It's going to be October 2nd in Hawaii. Oh, uh, damn. Yeah, yeah, so I'm going to be out there Good in Hawaii. Good for you, man. Good for yeah. you. Yeah, and then that's going to be it for me. I'm going to do the match with them in Hawaii, then I'm coming back. But they're staying out for six weeks. It's a 12-show, six-week USO tour. They're going all over. They're going to Japan. And you know the New York badass is well known in Japan. He's, from a, the he's, a, he's a royalty there. Yeah, they're going to Japan. They're going to Germany. They're going all over. But I'm just going to be on the Hawaii stop. So it's 12 dates, six weeks. And they're going to be away from the new sponsor for the King's Court, the Legends Room. They're going to be away from the Legends Room. Now, the Legends Room is the newest gentleman's club in Las Vegas. Yeah. And it's owned by the American psycho Stefan Bonner and the cupcake herself, Misha Tate, along with the New York badass Phil Broni, who serves as the the host there. So he's the greeter, greets people, hangs out, sits down with them, you know, schmoozes with them. And they're hosting the big after party for the Mayweather-McGregor fight, August August 26th. 26th. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to go away for six weeks. They're going to be away from the Legends Room. And uh, Stefan Bonner cut a hilarious ad for the King's Court for the for the Legends Room. Um, and man, me and you got to get out there to Vegas. We got to take the Prince of Persia out there to yeah, the Legends. Yeah, no, room. we definitely do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, one hundred percent. I was uh, toying around with the idea of going out there on the twenty sixth. One because that's when uh, IBJJF has the World Masters Championships out there. Nice. Which um, I I, unfor- I don't think I'm going to be able to go. For that, but you never know, man. Yeah. You never know. I mean, that was going to be my original reason to go out there because a couple guys I know are going to compete. That would be fantastic. I if know. you could go out there and get, like, a sponsor to send you out there. I'm not going out there that weekend because it's the, they jacked the ticket price. It's going to be mental out. that weekend. Yeah. That's, kinda, yeah. that's the other thing, too. I kind of missed the boat on getting the good prices. Yeah, uh-huh. a sponsor would change that. Um, but listen, man, I'm always looking for an excuse to go to Las Vegas. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll put the team together. Hell yeah. I'll get the prince. He's also oh, he's just he just likes to go and get wild places, man. Yeah. He just needs an excuse. Yeah. Give him an excuse. I went out there to Vegas a few weeks ago to visit the Legends Club for their launch, and man, I'm telling you, I, I went out there and I helped recruit some talent. Yeah. For the club. Was yeah. it successful? Oh yeah. That's yeah. good. Because you get the pools out there. We're launching Buzzbox. 
Uh, Buzz, check this out. What is Buzz a Buzzbox? Well, that ties in with with Bianca and I. We're launching Buzzbox in New York City, and we're, we may get the launch for Vegas because she's got her team of models, spokesmodels, and beautiful women that go out there and promote the brands. So Buzzbox is juice boxes for adults. Wine boxes? And they're actually mixed drinks. They have, That's interesting. Yeah, they have they have mojito, margarita, um, you name it. They've got uh, the the vodka and grapefruit juice, whatever they call that, the Greyhound. So you name it, and they've got it, and and they're a premium liquor in there, and then they're twelve to fourteen percent alcohol, so they pack a heck of a punch. I bet they're not like like Seagrams and other brands. You has more of a malt based that they put that's on the beer side. This is straight liquor. Interesting. And, the way that Buzzbox got started was because of Las Vegas. It was actually started by Doug Ames. He was one of the originators of the Surreal Life reality show back in the day in L.A. And he teamed up with one of the guys um, who started, um, man, I want to think the name of that company, Groupon. Mm. They started Groupon, and they, they started this Buzzbox company. So I've known Doug for a long time, and he asked me if we wanted to distribute it for South Carolina. So we're distributing it in South Carolina. And I got Bianca to get the contract to promote it in the city, in New York, and out to Long Island and stuff. That's one of the reasons we're, we're heading up there, too. And you guys have a packed agenda. Yeah, man. Yeah, between the booze and the wrestling. You know, the we, Prince. Yeah. yeah. the Prince yeah. coming on the show. Yeah. That's good, yeah, man. It's great to be on here. And I remember last time I was here, it was me, you, and Mr. Sutherland. Is he still involved? He's in the game, man. He's a, he's a Speaking of beers and shit, man, he's a, he's a busy little boy. He's... He is spending a lot. Well, he's actually in Scotland right now. That's oh why wow! He's not here, yeah, he's there for I think Scottish a, Brewery. He's there for a, he's there for a wedding, but he's also going. I believe I think he's there for a wedding. He's definitely doing some work out there because he's working yeah. for a local brewery here, and he's actually he's he runs there like he he brews the beer. Oh, he's stuff. a brewer. Fuck he's yeah, He's a brewmaster. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. What's the brew? Can I check it out? No, I'll get, I'll hook you up with the details after. Yeah, this, man. yeah, dude, you guys should team up on some shit, man. It's um, we next time you in your old neighborhood, man. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, we'll that go out there. That, that's another thing when when we record it show. Uh, Kamal took me to this. He goes, oh, we're going to go to this apartment this time. We're not going to go to the studio in Nova MMA. So we get to this apartment, man. And it was a flashback to 2005. That's right, man. Yeah. I forgot this was this yeah. is your hood. Well, yeah. that's your hood. Oh, man, I'm telling you, that place has got more pools. That that complex, my buddy Mike Diator, he, he was a captain in the Marines. And at that time, I was selling my house in Connecticut. And I was, I was moving gradually to the south because I, I was a regional manager for uh, Magic Hat Brewing Company, so I was opening up the distributors. So my first one was going to be D.C. I opened up premium in D.C. and then premium in Northern Virginia. And I didn't want to live in the city in D.C. I want to live outside in Virginia. So More free. Um, yeah, More exactly. Rights. Oh, God, you More don't have really any rights in D.C. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so I, I, had, to be, I had to be across the border. Yeah, yeah. There was no doubt. So I, stayed, I was selling my house in Connecticut, so I stayed with my buddy Mike. He had a loft right there, and that's where he was, right there in Fairlington Village or whatever mm-hmm. they call it. Yes, mm-hmm. and I had some great times here. And one thing I realized about this area and about the city, man, is you could ask ten different chicks where they're from, and you get ten, ten different, different answers. answers. Yeah, everybody here, man. I had it, man. At that time, what was I like? Barely thirty years old, like 30, 31 years old. That was the time of my life because, man, it was it, it was like I was pool hopping during the days 
and I was doing a lot. Like, I would go to see the distributor, so I was working three, four days a week. And then I was, like, going to the pool hopping and meeting all these chicks and then t- going out with them to all these bars around here. I mean, that was a suntan Superman was in full force Sun- for that summer. That's, that's your move, yeah. man. You yeah. those pools. Yeah. All right, well, tell, tell, us, tell us what's going on with King's Court, man. Well, Let's hear some updates. Oh, man, we have got a great season three. We did 90 Minutes with Pat Militich was our first, and that was such a cool episode because very, very little about MMA in that episode. Because what did you guys talk about? Pat's new show. I don't want to spoil it. Well, I'll tell you, we started out talking about The Prince. And because he trained with Pat, that's yes, right. That's how I and knew Pat. He spent a lot of time yeah. out there. That was how I knew Pat originally was right. through the Prince. Kind of hooking him up. Yeah, because what happened was me and the Prince used to train at CTC in Austin, but CTC was a military fighting systems gym. And Pat came in and did all the certifications there. So Pat and I was first started talking about the Prince, and he was talking about the Prince's. Um, single leg, how he would launch guys. Uh, Literally time, Yeah, yeah, and the, how he timed that. And then we started talking about Pat's show, The Conspiracy Farm. Oh, damn, with man. Jeffrey I'm Wilson. Into that, dude. Oh, I'm man. Into that. His new show with Jeffrey Wilson is phenomenal. And I don't want to give too much away. Nah, don't give too much away. But let me just say this Pat is, I had to really take copious notes and research before I had Pat on because Pat is such an extremely well-read guy. He's he's such an intelligent guy. And, uh, of course, we talked about Matt Hughes because at that time Matt Hughes was still in the coma. Um, And, uh, of course, Pat being being Matt's mentor and coach for so long. Yeah, known him for years. Yeah, so um, Matt's now out of the coma, which is great news, and he's, he's doing better. Yeah. But yeah, so we had him on for, for a good 90, solid 90-minute episode. Of course, we had Stefan Bonner on, um, which was which was really fun, and just uh, a lot of fun talking about all the stuff we're doing in the wrestling world. Yeah. And Stefan Bonner is hilarious. He he's always been funny, man. I remember hilarious. that when he was on the sh- I remember him on The Ultimate Fighter. He and uh, Forrest mm-hmm. were a riot. Oh, he's hilarious how he talks about Forrest now. He calls Forrest the corporate shill. Working <laughs> he is in, working for, uh, he yeah, for the, yeah, yeah, the he's, suits. Yeah, he's, he's the suit in Vegas. He goes, he is me and Phil. We're going around. We're partying. We're, we're tearing it up. And then and then Stefan, the nerd, in his, in his suit, going in there as the corporate shill every day to the UFC offices. Because uh, Stefan, um, I mean Forrest, rather, um, is, one the, is the one who kept his job. If you remember, like, like, Chuck Liddell, Matt Hughes, and Forrest Griffin had those those jobs, those mm-hmm. corporate jobs. But but really, Forrest was the only one that was actually reporting to work and, and taking it seriously. <laughs> the rest of yeah. them were just kind of doing whatever. Yeah, they were like ambassadors, but they really weren't doing anything. So yeah, so, so Forrest is doing that course. Seth and Bonner, man, this thing. So so this this is really cool. I'm coming back here August 18th, and there's this there's this guy out there named. Matt Riddle. You know Matt Riddle? Mm-hmm. He was on one of the, the Ultimate, Ultimate Fighter. Fighter yeah. You know, he's fought, of course, fought in UFC. But this guy, he's he's become a big star in the pro wrestling world. And it's really started to rub Stefan Bonner the wrong way, the American psycho. It's really rubbed him the wrong way. So he said, he said to me, he said, Suntan Superman, he said, get me a match with this punk Matt Riddle. Because he said, if it wasn't for me making the UFC mainstream, making the Ultimate Fighter the show that it is for season one with my epic match with Forrest Griffin. He mm-hmm. said, if it wasn't for me, 
this kid wouldn't even have this gimmick in pro wrestling. Nobody would even know his name. And he and he refers to Riddle as the UFC jobber, the jabroni. Uh-oh. And he said, and he says, you get me a match with that jabroni. So I saw that Riddle had a match August 18th against some Japanese fighter. So I called the promoter, uh, Mr. Brian Baez up there. And I said, Brian, listen, brother. And I, and I just cold called him. And I said, listen. Love that. I said, listen, my man. He says, you need to scratch Riddle's opponent. He goes, all oh, the card's already booked. It's already booked, man. I said, no, it's not booked. You're going to scratch his opponent. And you're going to put UFC Hall of Famer, the American Steph, psycho Stefan Bonner, in his place. And you were gonna, you were gonna get national attention. We need you on all the MMA websites, all the pro wrestling media. We're gonna create this high intensity six and take it to the next level for New York City Arena, August 18th. So, the, pr- the promoter, you know, he goes, "I need to talk to my partner. I need to talk to my partner." I said, "You do what you need to do, but that's what's going down." So I bumped the the guy off that was supposed to, to face. Uh, Riddle, and See we ya. put the American Psycho in his place. Yes, so, and we did that last minute. We just did that last week. Yeah. Yes, we just did that last week, so it's going down. New York City Arena, High Intensity 6, SummerSlam weekend. I'm coming back. Um, I might even wear this shirt that Kamal got me. Strikers on Yeah, yeah, this shirt is, is pimp, man. Kamal got me this, this shirt. I might wear this when I go out there. And and a message Stefan Bonner has delivered to Riddle is, is he's going to keep doing what he's do, what he's always been doing. Stephen Bonner's going to make this kid famous. He makes people famous. And he's going to make you famous, Matt Riddle. <laughs> the American Psycho. Yes. Do you know how he got that name? No. Uh, does he look like Patrick Bateman? From, he he uh, does look like Psycho? Patrick Bateman. You think so? A little bit. but Patrick man, Bateman's hair is a little darker. My buddy Laurent. My buddy Laurent exactly like Patrick Bateman and acts exactly like him. What? Exactly. Like, what a, him. Oh, oh, no. my, like, like America, from the American yeah, Psycho. Yeah, from the movie. The yeah. same mannerisms and everything. And and he was a big-time finance dude in New York. Like Fuck, that that's him, man. Yeah, this that's dude, is, Laurent, is the American Psycho. He lives in Charlotte now. But when he was in his 20s, he was he was straight-up American Psycho. But no, how, how Stefan got the nickname was when they were filming The Ultimate Fighter. They were in the house. They were telling stories. You remember Chris Lieben? Of course. So he told Chris Lieben a story He's about him being at a bar and some guy getting real obnoxious, trying to hit it on his girl, and just over the top, drunk. And he says, Stefan said, um, he took him out like in a corner of the bar where people couldn't see, and he choked him out real fast and put him under the bar. And Chris Lieben said, you're, an, you're the American psycho. And that was how he got the name. Stuck with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, okay. That's that's a, that's a one way to earn the title. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. who else is on your all six-team or six-man? Well, we're, we're doing, I'm doing a lot with King Are you doing two of them, right? Um, so we do six-man tags. It really depends where we go. So in South Carolina, I'm going to six-man tag with, with Phil and Stefan. Um, they've got a guy uh, named Shannon Rich who used to fight in Pride. Do you know Shannon? I know he fought Sakuraba in Pride. And he's fought. He's fought a bunch of. He fought Dan Severn. He's he's had like a ridiculous amount of fights. Um, he's going to six man tag in some of the other destinations on the USO tour. I'm going to be their tag partner in Hawaii for the Hawaii show. And then the guy that I've been um, working with a lot is King Mo. 
Oh yeah, uh, I broadcast. He's been on the show, right? Yeah, he's, he's been, been on, on the show several shows. times. I broadcasted with King Mo a couple times for RFC in Tampa, mm-hmm. and um, he's a really bright dude and uh, got a great, got a great perspective uh, about about the business of MMA and the booking of it and so forth. So we we had some great uh, episodes, and uh, he's a pro wrestler also. And he's uh, they, they do, do it all. Yeah, yeah, they do it yeah. all. Uh, ATT American Top Team does pro wrestling every month. Oh, they, I did not know that. Yeah, they have a show down there, and he's always on those shows. So he he's also might be a six man tag, you know, with with these guys. Wild card. At, at one point, are you gonna yeah. bring out? Okay, so are you gonna bring out the King of Connecticut's uh, the jumpsuit? Yes. Oh, you yeah. have to. I've got to. That's you the see. Let me tell you a story about the jumpsuit, man. The jumpsuit's this, world famous. For people who don't know, uh-huh. who are listening, Google image this, but. The King of Connecticut's jumpsuit is as skin tight as it gets. Yeah. Elvis Presley, but like with more style, more extremeness. Yes. Is extremeness a word? Yes. It is now. More. Um, he's. It's a. It's a very. It's very roguish. Yeah. Very extreme. Uh, fucking uh, uh, Elvis Presley esque, yes. aggressively tight yes. spandex outfit. I yes. Prove. Now I tend to tell you a story about that man. My there's there's two suits because I'll tell you what happened. You gotta have backup, man. Well, no, it's even worse. We were coming to a, a few days before when I had to go up to Connecticut for, for my hometown, man, against the cauliflower and Chase <laughs> yeah. Brown, and I gave my jumpsuit to this girl. Um, she was a sexy. She was one, she was one of the one of the suntan Superman's. Um, we'll say we'll say we'll say good pool. And party friends, and she was a sewer, so she sewed and knitted and everything. So she goes, she goes, um, she was su- she was real southern as hell. She's like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dress that up. She goes, I'm gonna, man, I'm gonna make that suit look a million times better. So I told her, I said, I said the color's green because it's the Norwalk Bears. Because I was gonna wear the singlet, I had the singlet on underneath. That was the hidden, the hidden singlet. And I said, you dress it up, make it green. So she took my suit, my signature suit, to dress it up. Next thing you know, it's time for me to head up to Connecticut. And I can't get a hold of her. I can't get a hold of her. So I see on her social media, she's down in the, in the uh, Florabama shores and at the beach. And, and I'm like, man, I need my jumpsuit. I need my jumpsuit. And I said, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? She goes, oh, she goes, I got that over at one of my friends. She goes, go over to see, go over to see my friend Linda. It's over there. She says, she goes, I already worked on it. It looks beautiful. So I went to this girl Linda's house, and she didn't know what I was talking about. She's like, she goes, she's like, what the fuck is she like, talking about? What the hell about? is she talking about? She, and then she goes, well, she goes, I thought I'd bring it over there. She goes, I don't know where I put it. She goes, maybe it's in my car. Too much meth. Yeah, or exactly. Not enough, or exactly. not enough. Or not enough, exactly. So, so I didn't have a suit, man. I didn't have a suit, and it was the day before. So I've got to say. Did you go in raw singlet? What would you have to do? Well, what I did. Because you had to rep Norwalk, yes, right? And I had, to. I had to. I had to get my jumpsuit. The jumpsuit's the signature. I had it the is. Glasses. The glasses are strong. I had, I had the, the wings, the glasses, everything. So what I did was I went to a, a party shop, and I wish I could remember the name of it, man, down in Five Points in uh, where the college is. And I got an even pimpier jumpsuit. An even pimpier jumpsuit. So I didn't wrestle in the jumpsuit this time because the whole thing was it was it was for the Norwalk Bears. So the coach wanted me to have the singlet on underneath. So the surprise was the guy charged me 
and I did the old Sotugati, you know, judo sweep, and then and then he flipped over, ran out of the ring, and then and then I slowly took the suit off, the Elvis jumpsuit off, and a singlet on it. Oh shit! And the crowd went wild. The epic singlet reveal. Yes, yes. So it was, yeah, it was, and it was, you know what? And I was, I was free balling it with that singlet. Ha, I tell you, yeah. it, it felt good. It yeah. felt, it felt liberating. Good. Yes, it was very, very liberating. The singlet. <laughs> Yeah, man. Listen, dude. Sometimes you gotta rock a singlet, man. Show them your roots. Yeah, show them what's exactly. up. Exactly. And people are saying in the world of amateur wrestling now, like Coach Perkle, we need to move to a doublet. You know, where it's where it's an actual shirt, which is more of the glad wrapping. But I say, man, rock this singlet. I love this singlet. Singlet's classic. I man. love it. It's the old fashioned bathing suit. Get your roots, man. Yes, it's like the old fashioned nineteen. 19- 40s bathing suit. Big Van Vader in the singlet. Kurt yeah. Angle wore the I mean, I guess yeah. Kurt Angle's gimmick was, he was like, his angle was like... He's the I'm, Olympic singlet. I'm the yeah. Olympic, I'm, he's the yeah. Olympic wrestler, so he, that yeah. was kind of his thing. The Steiner brothers always wore the singlet back in the day before they, they switched out of it, but Mike Rotunda. Mm. Um, yeah, that was, that was the style. It's interesting, uh, man, because in wrestling you get all kinds of different shit, right? You get some dudes who still rock the classic Speedo. Yes. Some dudes wearing pants. Do you that. get like the jorts from John Cena. Yes. The power jorts. Yes. That was weird. John Cena's gimmick was weird with those jeans type shorts. Yeah. American shit, dude. Yeah. He's kind of like yeah. that crew cut. Like he's a, yeah. And they did yeah. that movie, The Marine. The Marine, yeah. As like yeah. American as shit as it gets, dude. He's worked. It's worked for him. You know? Fuck yeah, it's he, worked for him. The, the youngsters love him. Like he sells a lot of merchandise. And the thing is, he's kind of a he, he's a baby face, but also at the same time, a lot of. The older fans don't like him, so they have that that chant where half the crowd chants "Let's go Cena" and the other half chants "Cena sucks." Yeah. You know. So, but I'll tell you a funny story about John Cena. His soon-to-be wife is um, Nicole Colacci, who everyone knows as Nikki Bella. But let me tell you a story about Nicole Colacci. When Nicole Colacci and her sister were wanting to go into the WWF. The Back year in the day. That's was a like 2008, title. 2008, 2009, right around there. Let me tell you who taught them how to do a promo. We were down at Florida Championship Wrestling, the old FCW, before there was NXT. I was down there with Dirty White Boy and um, Tommy Dirty Taylor. Dirty White Boy is a fantastic name. Yep. Tommy Taylor and Dirty White Boy, they had a school called International um, Wrestling Academy, IWA. It was somewhat partnered with Florida Championship Wrestling. A lot of the people trained, you know, went back and forth. And Dirty White Boy, he had me always come in there and help these kids do their promos. Because he goes, this is, he goes, this is the guy. This guy that, knows this his promos. This is the guy. The, the yeah. king. Yeah, so, so when Nicole Kalachi sexy um, Nikki Bella when she was when she was down there Florida Championship Wrestling she went over to, to, to Tommy Taylor and, and Dirty White Boys Academy she was shy she she was beautiful but she was kind of like almost one of those girls that was people thought she was stuck up because she was kind of quiet um, but so I loosened her up you know I, I, I took her out for a few drinks John Cena. I took her out for a few drinks, pal. Uh-oh. And, uh, Uh-oh. And I loosened her up, and, and, I, and I told her, I said, you know what? When you do a promo, it's just an accentuation of yourself. And I, at the time, I was doing the chic gimmick. So, <laughs> so I said, I want you, I want you to sit, sit in the front row. And there was like this really small show. I think I have it on video. Really small shows there at IWA. And I came out as a chic. And what I would do is... I would have a plant in the crowd in the front row, a gal that I'd call in, and I would say, and I would, and I would call her into the ring, and I would say, young lady, this is the day that you will remember for all time. 
for today. You have the opportunity to kiss the most handsome man in all of the Middle East. So I said to Nicole, I put my, I put my foot out and I said, Now, young lady, you can kiss my beautiful Iranian foot. So, so and then I stick my so I stick my foot out. I stick my face out, and I told her I want you to haul back as hard as you can and slap me across the face. And so she 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 was like we practiced it a couple times and she was timid. I said no, you got to go back and you got I want to hear it. You got to hear the pop. Got to hear it. So she goes around and she smacks me across the face, and I rolled rolled out of the ring. And that was my first lesson to to Nicole on how to do a promo, how to loosen up and have some fun. And you see her now. She's, she was the WWE Women's Champion. She's marrying John Cena, you know. But Nicole Kalachi, Nikki Bella, she learned how to cut a promo from the King of Connecticut. From the King of Connecticut, the yes. Sheik of Connecticut. Yes. Sometimes known as the Sheik of yes. Connecticut. Did I got to go back Did you hone that, that accent Sheik. from Kamal? Yeah. That was, well, Kamal gave me the inspiration. When we, were in, <laughs> when, when we were in Austin, Texas, I wanted to do a Sheik thing. Kamal got me the idea to do it because... Um, but then there was an old wrestler that I that I got his robes that it was that that was um, one of my mentors in the pro wrestling was the great Mephisto and he gave me this robe when he used to be the great Mephisto that had camels and gold on it. That's and perfect. Gold dude. tassels. Yeah. So the camels walked as you walked. So I got like the camel robe. Yeah, and the glasses and the, and the headdress and everything. Yeah, and really played it up. And all I, you got to do is be super tan. Yes, like you already yes, are. the like suntan Superman. Yeah, so I took the the, the mustache, and curled it up. Yeah, yeah. curled the mustache up a little bit. Put a little put a little head gel in there. And curl mm. it up. Yeah, and that's and the chic and the chic is born. The chic is born. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, well, we got to get Kamal to do a tag team. I'll come back as a chic. If we get Kamal to be my tag team partner, Prince and the chic. That yes. would be good. Yes. Well, we can set that yes, up. Yes, definitely. Let's do it. So, so tell me, how has Kamal been doing these days? Because I, I just hung man. out with him last He's night. He's working his ass off, dude. Yeah. Doing good, man. Doing Prince of Persia shit. Now, I don't know if we can say it on the show, but but you guys are talking about potentially opening up a gym. That's let's put out that teaser. We're actually about up on time. Okay. But, yeah. But yeah, dude, it's 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 coming down, um, coming down the pipe. Be on the lookout for updates, people. There's a new gym going down in Arlington, Virginia, at an MMA gym. Fantastic. More updates, and, and I'll talk to you about the about King's Court as well, man. Yeah, plugging that. We're gonna do this as a simulcast too. This is a simulcast. Some people of this audio. know that you're getting double the double the value here. Absolutely, and and you have the honor of the King of Connecticut as well. And and Mr. Scott Dance is always a pleasure to be on this program, and I love it, man. I love. I know, show. man. It's fantastic. And we've been talking for so long. Can we get Scott Dance on the King's Court? Can we get, we got Kamala on last season, but to do it here in person, that's the best way to do it. It's going to be cleaner, too. Yes. Cleaner audio. Yes. We, do, we need to meet up like once a month to do these things, anyways. Mm-hmm. Once every two months or something. Are you going to get down south at all? Yes. South Kakalaki? Yes. yes. I yeah, am. nice. I am. Uh, so I'll be in, <clears throat> I'm going to be in North Carolina later this year, and then I'm going to try to come down to South Kakalaki as well. Now. Nice. What part of North Carolina? So probably Charlotte. Oh, that's only two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's where, because Bianca, when she first came down, she flew into Charlotte. I got her from the Charlotte airport. That's, that airport for me is only an hour and a half. Love that, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll probably drive it all, but we'll see. Hell yeah. yeah. All right, boys and girls, that is 
Kings Court slash Fighters Drinking Coffee, a little simulcast like my man Matthew Granahan, the suntan Superman, the king of Connecticut himself, just said. Again, guys, show some love to Suniva Super Coffee. Go check out their website, Google Suniva Super Coffee. You'll find it. They have a lot of URLs. I can't remember which one's the, the one to go with. I think it's either Drink Super Coffee or Suniva, S-U-N-N-I-V-A.com. Either way, you can't go wrong. If you order off their website and you use the, the promo code FDC Podcast, you will get, I think it's 20% off. It's a good-ass discount, all right? If you're in D.C., go to Whole Foods. Go to Harris Teeter. Try this stuff out. It's fantastic. Coffee, maple syrup, organic maple syrup, guys. Like, that's natural sweeteners. No bullshit. No, like refined extracted sweeteners okay coconut oil and protein from grass-fed cows doesn't get any better than that it's delicious you're gonna get good energy it's it's like a substantial significant drink like matt said himself like the king said all right guys check out suniva super coffee and also butcher box if you order butcher box through the code that's going to be in the show notes or click on the link under the support the show tab on fdcpodcast.com you will get free bacon I'm, I'm trying Butcher Box. You need to. You'd like it, man. I it's love good it. for a summer barbecue at the pool and nice. shit. Dude, nice. it's good shit, man. Definitely. I'm getting that Butcher Box for sure. I grilled a two-pound tri-tip, and I grilled a uh, two-and-a-half-pound pork sir- sirloin over open flame this weekend out in the woods of West Virginia. Nice. God damn, it was great, man. It was so good. Nice. I will not regret it. it. All right, y'all. We're signing out. Matthew, say goodbye. See you later, everybody. Love you guys. Bye.
Yeah. That was a brand new one for y'all.